from the Carter Subaru Studios. This is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jake Skorheim, your host. Welcome to the second hour of the show. It's a fun hour of the show. We get together. It's called News Roundup. We look back on all the other shows. We talk about what they're talking about. We play some cuts. Yada, yada, yada. It's a lot of fun. But in with us right now is Lisa Brooks. She was gone yesterday. Lisa, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I missed you yesterday. I missed you as well. But you have a new friend in your life. I do. Can you tell us a little bit about him? His name is Quincy. Quincy. He's my new adopted pooch. He's He's a cute dog. He's very cute. He's from Korea. And he's from uh, Saving Great Animals is the rescue organization. Oh, and my I've gosh. Waiting and hoping for more than a month that he would be my, 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 new, my new puppy. That's so cool. So you are, are, you've got this new dog. How long does it take to train him? I don't know. <laughs> like, like how long before he speaks English? You know, there's actually a lot to – I think I, I'm going to meditate with the dog every day and use my words. And it does take a while before they understand English. I had one that was raised, I believe, by somebody who was from Japan. Yeah, and you, it, don't, speak, you don't speak Korean. No, I, I don't it. speak Korean. Nor, or I Japanese. I speak Japanese, but it okay. does work out eventually. But they kind of understand, like, when you hold up a piece of food, he's going to come and he's, get that food. And, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right. He sits when I give him his treats. That's exciting. He can lie down. So he's a cutie. He is. We should post pictures of him on the Facebook page. Would you okay. care if we did? No, you may post them. Yes. All right. I'm gonna. She sent me some. I'll post them on the Facebook okay. page. So find the Cairo Knights Facebook page. I'll find them there. And I don't know what breed he is, by the way. Nobody knows. He's a little. He's like a little. Uh, he's not a like a doodle of some kind. I have no idea. You have no idea. None. Well, maybe somebody can tell you. It's a mystery. Maybe. Let's solve that mystery. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, I'm going to play you a clip. We do the news roundup clip. You understand how this works, Lisa. We play a trivia clip every night at the start of the show. This one is just, this is this movie is like as close to me as I can get. I love this movie. I love everything about it. I watch it at least once a year. It's just, a, I, in, my, in my estimation, this is as close to a perfect movie as there is. So if I don't get it, I'm really disappointing you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I will be excited for you if you if you have seen it you'll love it. Okay. If you haven't seen it, then I'm excited because you're going to get this experience of watching this movie for okay. the first time. Okay. All right, but here it is. Here we go. When I am alone in the half light of the canyon, all existence seems to fade to a being with my soul and memories, and the sounds of the big Blackfoot River and a four count rhythm, and the hope that a fish will rise. Eventually, all things merge into one, and a river runs through it. The river was cut by the world's great flood and runs over rocks from the basement of time. On some of the rocks are timeless raindrops. Under the rocks are the words, and some of the words are theirs. I am haunted by waters. Okay, you want to take a guess? I mean, it's, if you listen closely yeah. to the clip, yeah. then it gives you the answer. You know, I haven't seen it since it came out. I have to watch it again. A river runs through it. It's such a beautiful movie. Matt, you knew the answer to that one, yes, right? Yes, that is a really good movie. 1992. 1992. Oh, okay. Brad Pitt, young, looking good. So handsome. Yeah, it's very handsome. I think he did back-to-back. He did A River Runs Through It, and then he did uh, Legends of the Fall. They're, like, oh, very close. It? And they're both Montana-set movies. Oh. And he's, like, a rugged guy in both of them. And... Uh, a River Runs Through It is about brothers. If you haven't seen the movie, just see it. It's just like, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. 
It's like a bre- you know those movies is just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it was nice. It's a peaceful. I mean, there's conflict. There's in a there. lot of stuff that yeah, happens. But yeah. I mean, there's there is. It's like a meditation. It is a, like a meditation, and it's like fishing. You know, four count rhythm, fly fishing. Yep. I started fly fishing because of this movie. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I saw it. and I was like, man, this looks really cool. Do you fly- still do that? Yeah, I have. I fly, but it's I'm not good at it. But it's you know, I try what they do, four count rhythm and all that stuff. Uh, but it's fun. It's like you're just trying to fly fish. Is is that's the whole point? It's just going out there and trying. Even if you don't catch anything, it's great. All right, let's get to it. Seattle's Morning News. They were talking about teachers at a middle school received letters of thanks from their students. Teachers at a middle school near Detroit wrote letters of thanks to their students. All right, Colleen, I just said that. She's repeating me. It's embarrassing. Before they moved on to higher grades. Now those same students are returning the favor. And NBC News met up with the group as the letters were handed out. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> when I needed extra help, you were the teacher that helped me. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, honey. How are you? You taught me so much stuff about middle school, and you were right. It gets hard sometimes. <laughs> middle school can be hard. Olivia Collins had teacher Janice Lintz for kindergarten. Without you, I wouldn't be where I am now. Me and my siblings are all very appreciative of you. Thank you. The group, more than 50, all giving handwritten letters. I was happy to be your student and I'm still to this day grateful for having a teacher like you. You are the reason I wake up with a smile on my face. Sincerely, Asher. Oh, honey, that is so sweet. Thank you. Can I give you a hug? Oh, thank you. You just made my whole day. Hug after hug. It's a meaningful lesson in the power of gratitude. Second grade teacher Jen Sakala has been an educator for more than 30 years. This is a hard, difficult job. You put a lot of time, effort, emotions into it. And when somebody appreciates it, it feels good. Uh, Do you guys think that's nice? Very sweet? I mean, obviously it's very sweet. We don't thank teachers enough. Yeah. Agreed. We don't. We also don't write enough thank you letters. True. It's a lost art. You guys don't think we thank teachers enough? Think oh. we could thank them more? I'm not just saying. I'm saying you don't think we thank in teachers the, enough. Not in this in this individual you could, way. You could never thank them enough. That's what you're saying. I think we should. I'm thank not being them critical. More. I love te- I love all my kids' teachers. They're great. They're fantastic. I, I, I think I'm gonna talk about them on the radio. Like, remember not many people them. Get that. Thank them. I think we just write we don't letters. Always. Yeah. Thank them. Yeah. yeah. Thank them. All right. That's nice. I, one of my very best friends is now a retired teacher. Wherever we go. Always, she runs into former students who always say, you were my best, you were my favorite teacher. And, and these are students from 30 years ago. Here's a, here's a thing. Uh, yeah, that's nice. I get it. <laughs> here's, a, here's a thing that I would like to know. Other jobs, like how do teachers figure this out? Talk show hosts, radio talk show hosts. Why don't radio talk show hosts get the kind of letters that she's talking about? Like all I want is some young kid who's starting his day saying, the reason I wake up with a smile on my face it's because of you, Jake. Give it time. Send me that letter. Young kids today, Jake, don't know what a radio is. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, my son <laughs> listens to a ton of radio. Sports talk radio, but he loves Give radio. Give it time. It may happen someday. You know what? Teachers got it pretty good with all this admiration. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Aww. Am I wrong? Do they not get admiration? Teachers get some good admiration. They could deserve more. I would say in they recent deser- times, too, you have seen a lot of people who are not very thankful t- to teachers yeah. and have made their jobs very difficult. Yes. And I think it's important for the good people to thank them while you can. Should we thank them every day, all day? Why not? 
Well, then there's no teaching You're would get done. You're jealous of the teachers. <laughs> yeah, I am. No. Don't be of jealous. Of course I'm jealous of the your teachers. Favorite teachers. Name a favorite teacher. Name a favorite teacher. And why they were your favorite teacher. And why they were my favorite teacher. You know, if I'm being completely honest, I'm too vengeful and, and jealous to even name a name. Uh-huh. I can see that. Because I want the same recognition that these people get. We're sitting here doing a show. We're educating people. Kinda. Your assignment tonight is to go home, go through your yearbook, go through your old report cards. You come back here tomorrow and you, know you what tell the, you me know what, what one of your favorite here's, teachers here's is. Here's a thanks for a teacher. Summer break. Am I right? Wow. How sweet is it? This is not a controversial thing. I'm just saying I know a lot of, I have a lot of teacher friends. I don't know if you have a lot of teacher friends. I actually have a lot of teacher friends. Do you know what they love? They love their students, obviously. They're great. And yes, we should thank your, thank the good teachers. Thank all the good teachers you want all day long. But they love their summer break. Sure. And I'm jealous of that summer break. It would be nice. That's pretty nice. Pretty good gig. All right. Enough of me being jealous of teachers. And I'm just jealous and it's all in fun, so don't take it personally, teachers. All right, G and Ursula recently took a, who is this? G took this test or Ursula took this test? Uh, G took a 23andMe DNA test, was somewhat surprised by the results. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear about it. Why did you do it and why now? Because my son did it. Okay. And And why did he do it? I don't know. I think it was his... uh I think his girlfriend got it for him for Christmas okay. or something like I suppose, that. I suppose curiosity. Yeah, is, so, is a good answer. So he did it, and so he sends me the rundown. And when I looked at his rundown, it said for him, sixty-five percent European. And I thought, huh? I didn't say anything to him, but that stood out to me. And and he only, he was only uh, like you know. 35%, uh, you know, African, all, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, man, this really makes sense for my mom's mom's side, who I hardly know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But my mom's mom had long hair down to her butt, right? Her siblings have long, get good, straight hair. And I'm like, I ain't dumb. Put two and two together, Ursula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Equals four and a half. <laughs> But anyways, <laughs> so so you start seeing that. So I've always knew that. But just the confirmation of it yesterday, it really put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. Have you guys done have you guys done any of these 23 and me tests? People, I, Matt, have you I done have, one of these? Yeah, yeah. I've Were done. you surprised by the results? Not really. I'm no cooler than I was before. I'm still just Scotch Irish. Scotch Irish, pretty much did, 50-50. Did you find though that like I, how do these work? Did they, did you find that they have? Uh, did they give you like the history of your family so a you can go back bit. and like, see you like could if your family see, like through the the maps? Like there's an, a map in the app where you can see kind of how your family's lineage. Oh, like a family tree through the 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 map of the world. Oh, cool. Kind of through the through the years, which yeah. is really cool. There's a little Welsh in there too. So you know. there you go, a little Welsh. Lisa, have you done one of these before? No, and will not. Now tell me why you seem very uh, yeah. strident about not wanting to. I am, to do and one by the way, there was recently a hack where the you know the twenty three and Me was was hacked, and they are taking data. And I don't know, I, I'm yeah. just a little bit paranoid about it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the idea that law enforcement also can use this information to track down. You're worried about law enforcement no, getting your DNA? No, not personally, not personally, but huh. remember, they can go through your, your family huh, tree. Oh, everyone. Oh, come on. Lisa's a little <laughs> bit worried I about just, some cop no, getting her DNA. No, I just don't want anyone, that's mine. They're going to pin a crime on you. No. That you didn't commit. No. A cold no, case. No. No. 
No. Is that why you're scared? No. Is there I'm, something I'm in your past scared. that you're not want to? Uh, you're cautious. I'm just cautious. It is. I I will say it is. I do find it strange that people are just sending samples of their DNA to a private company, right. which then gets to hold on to it. I don't know what they're doing Forever. with this DNA. Well, there are, you know, they have been sold. They can be turned over to law enforcement and other agencies. Yeah. I, I, I just, the whole thing still makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable, too. I think I totally agree with you. It makes yeah. me uncomfortable, have you, too. You haven't done it? No, and I got one as a gift. Somebody oh. gave me one one Christmas, like a, like a two two years ago, sitting on my desk at home. Okay. I still haven't I still haven't done it. Because I just, the idea of me, also, I'm uncomfortable sending a, because you have to, how it works, basically, if I understand this correctly, is you have to, um, you do a. Swap your cheek, right? Oh, is that what you do? Yeah, I think so. I thought you sent a no. a, a fecal thing in no, the mail. No, no, that's no, a home, no, home that's colonoscopy. <laughs> I was under. I no, did no, not know why they no. wanted it's a box mouth. of my uh, stuff. Oh. It's not. Did they want your poop? No. Oh, because there, there are there. home colonoscopy kits. You well, can they get. could probably get my DNA in that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I just I don't know. I just found it awkward okay. to send that. I just thought it was no, weird. That's not how that works. Different cheek. Did you? Did they swab your cheek? Uh, yeah, it's it's oral, so it's saliva based okay. it's to get the DNA from that. So you don't do that in a box, no. unless you're doing a <laughs> home okay. colonoscopy. Well, I feel a little bit better about it. Well, that was your only holdup. Maybe I will do it. Yeah, there you go. I just couldn't understand why they'd want it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Jack and Spike. Seattle Diocese is consolidating with church attendance down. Why? Now, we did a church one with them yesterday. This what is are they a on? different thing. Are they on some sort different of a church thing. kick? Yeah, yeah. Are they just They're like taking religion, shots at Catholic people? Because yeah. I like Catholics. I don't want to just dog on Catholics all day. No, it's more about how in modern times fewer people are attending churches and they're basically consolidating. It's true regardless of denomination. Are they critical of Catholics? Because they were critical no, yesterday of no. Catholics. And I'm, I'm, uh, and for good reason yesterday. But I'm, uh, I got a lot of Catholics in my family. I heard, I heard about it. <laughs> well, good. You know they're listening. All right. The Archdiocese of Seattle has announced. How dare you, Jack? Plans over the weekend to consolidate and combine 136 Catholic parishes across Western Washington. They're going to be formed into 60 parish families, and they're going to have to decide on how to use the buildings and whether or not they're going to keep all these buildings because not enough people are going to church anymore because not not too many people are right with the Lord anymore, Spike. They're just not loving Jesus in the way that... Think about it, Spike. Religion goes down. Mm -hmm. What goes up? Uh, I hate for your fellow man. Obesity. Crime. Obesity. <laughs> yeah. Jesus wasn't a fat man. Jesus wasn't, but I, 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 don't, I don't know a lot of people who lost weight in church basements. Let me just say that. <laughs> Those people know how to cook and throw a party. <laughs> they do. I, my heaviest friends have all been devout <laughs> I Catholics. mean, this is a, I, uh, I don't often go to church on a regular basis, but a lot of my friends go to church and whenever they invite me to go to church, I always go with them. What I don't like is like the sing-songy kind of pop churches that have now become super popular. They have a kids. rock band in they church. They got a rock band, yeah, yeah. and then like I prefer church where it's if I'm going to go, I, I prefer it to be more like a, a talky type motivational speak. Maybe crack a couple of jokes about okay. Isaac or Jacob or Lot or something. Oh. Um, are you? Uh, do you guys care to discuss church at all? I mean, I want to press you guys too much on well, your I personal thoughts. I think it's interesting that all of these, and I noticed this first in the UK too where a lot of the denominations just don't have enough people attending their services, and they are doing this sort of close. They'll sell you an old church in Scotland now because not enough people attend the Church of Scotland to warrant keeping all of these parishes open, which I thought's interesting. When I was young, and uh, uh, I'm trying to remember when this was, but there used to be a nightclub 
in Seattle, in Capitol Hill, called, was it called Church? Could I be right about that? You guys let me know on the text name, line. But I know that existed. You know that it existed? That, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was it Capitol Hill? Yeah. It must have been. But I think it was in an old church. Yeah. Yeah. I Do you remember, remember that? I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, it was even, a, it was a music venue up until, gosh, I, I sang there at a, an event like in 2018. Was it, was it a church when you were yeah, there? Or was it was it, in a church. But was, it it, was it a church or was, was it, it an a, a venue? I don't think there was, there were services held there, but I'm not 100% on Was it a nightclub? It wasn't a nightclub. It was a, a music venue. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, well, that's uh, that's interesting that they're talking about churches. All right, uh, we got time for one more real fast. John yeah, has a calendar counting down days on his studio wall. He explains why he keeps it. This is very mysterious. It's that old thing if somebody were to hand you a piece of paper and says, well, this is, would you want to look if somebody, for some reason, they've got the power to tell you, this is how many days you have left, the weeks you have, or years left, would you want to know? Some people go, oh, absolutely. And they say, well, why do you want to know? And they say, well, I want to know so I can then plan I'm going to pause it there real fast. Matt, would you want to know if you knew how many, like, how many days you have left? Absolutely not. No, you want to no. know. Lisa, how about you? Wow, that's so, this is so deep, We're man. doing a lot of deep stuff. Yeah. Going yeah. to the bathroom in a box, talking about uh, end of life. <laughs> I mean, Churches. Churches. I'll just go to the deepest place where my twin sister died. I, I mean, I thought about it an awful lot all the time and thought I want to know. And, and now I don't know. I don't know what I would say. What's interesting to me is like we all have this, and we're probably going to run out of time here, but we do all have this capacity to understand that life ends. It does for all of us, mm-hmm. every one of us, within the sound of my voice, all of us in the room here. At some point, we will die. That's something we know. It's a, it's an absolute fact of life is death. And yet still, it's tough for us to wrap our brains around the idea of not being here. We still like push it out of our minds and we go, oh, well, this just doesn't even even when we've lost people like I've lost people in my life, too. And I still am always anytime somebody passes away, you enter this like shocked phase where you just like cannot believe that somebody's passed away. Yeah, it's grief. Here's something really good, though. Yeah, we are talking on FM radio. FM radio goes, leaves the planet. And who knows where it goes? Who knows where it goes? It goes out forever. Forever. Is that true? It really yeah. is going to go forever? Yeah, absolutely. So somebody- oh my gosh, so in a thousand you know, years, somebody's going to be here this on the other side of the planet? Five million light years away could have just figured out how to build an FM radio receiver and tune it to 97.3 FM. That's amazing. And they could be hearing us right now. Like a, th- like a million years from now? Yep. Well, make sure you tune in tomorrow because we got a great show a million years from now. <laughs> I want our ratings to stay up. We got good ratings here in the year 2024. Yes. That's interesting. It's like the start of that movie, Contact. You know, where like it backs away from the earth and it's just like that radio signal goes out and out and out and out. And as the farther it goes out, it's traveling back in time by radio signal. Very interesting. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. We got a lot more coming up next. We're going to talk a little bit about Toby Keith. He passed away. Uh, everybody knows he's already passed away. But what I found really interesting is there's a story. Somebody somebody pulled up this article, and it talks about his inspiration for one of his songs that he wrote in the wake of uh, the 9-11 attacks. And it's a really great story, and it's a really great song. It gives me goosebumps every time I hear it still. I'm going to play that for you. I'm going to tell you the story when we come back. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. Welcome back to the show. All right, uh, Toby Keith, who was a phenomenally successful country music star, he passed away. 
he had cancer, which he's been battling for a while, and uh, uh, he just he just passed away, and it's very sad news. I got my first Toby Keith CD. The only Toby Keith CD I've ever gotten was an album. I believe the name of the album was called How Do You Like Me Now? And my grandma got it for me. I think this is back in 1999. I think that's when that one came out. Do you remember that, Matt? That song, How Do You Like Me Now? Yeah, I remember the song. I don't remember the year. I don't know why my grandma picked this up for me, but I would have been like, let's see, in 1999, I would have been like 14, like 14 years old. And maybe 15, depending. No, four, yeah, 14, 15. And uh, I, I, I think she just walked into a record store and just picked up the first CD that she saw. And that was probably very popular at the time. It was a big CD back in, back in those days. So I turned it on, and I wasn't like a massive country music fan at the time. And this guy just sang songs that felt like my life. And he sang about things that I cared about, and I really appreciate him. He sounded like a down-to-earth guy. He just sounded like a cool guy. Uh, one of his songs that I love, especially as I get a little older, is a song called I Ain't As Good As I Once Was. I still hang out with my best friend, Dave. I've known him since we were kids at school. Last night he had a few shots. Got in a tight spot. Hustling a game of pool. With a couple of redneck boys. One great big bad biker man. I heard David yell across the room. Hey, buddy, how about a helping hand? This is the part, pausing it here real fast, just to remind you this is a radio show, not music radio. Uh, but this is the part that I just feel is so relatable. This is, I love, I love, if you guys ever want to talk about lyrics in songs, I think probably country music has the most... I wouldn't say the most creative, but they're certainly like the lyrics that I relate the most to. And I could just, I could just melt. I hear some country songs. I just like, boom, I'm in tears. Or I just, country music is great lyrics. I love it. I love it. And this part right here, this like chorus, I ain't as good as I once was, is getting more and more true every year that I get older. I said, Dave, I ain't as good as I once was. My, how the years have flown. But there was a time back in my prime when I could really hold my own. If you want to fight tonight, guess those boys don't look all that tough. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. So... Uh, Toby Keith, he was popular. He had that song in 1999. He had the release of that album, How Do You Like Me Now? That made him popular in the country music scene. But it was after September 11th that he kind of was thrust into the national spotlight because he wrote this song called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. And I was, let's see, in 2000, I mean, 2001, I would have been a junior in high school. And I remember, like we all do, so clearly what the feeling of the nation was at the time following September 11th. You remember what that was like, Matt? Oh, yeah. I was Just, on the air that day. Were you really? Yeah, at the lo- local radio station, yeah. Where were you living at the time? Uh, at the time, I was living in a little town called Mountain Grove, Missouri. Was this when you were in country radio? Yeah, it was. So in 2002, he writes this song called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, and he kind of captures what the nation is feeling at the time. Like, first, the nation has this incredible time of grief, And they have this incredible time of, and still to this day, like the most I've ever felt, this just like this national unity 
everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Everybody is a brother and sister. Yep. And, you know, it really felt like we were all on the same team. And then after that, eventually that turned into, all right, let's pull our heads up and figure out who did this to us and let's go and get some, uh, you know, make sure this doesn't happen again. <laughs> and Co- Toby Keith writes a song, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Time has this article. I found this really fascinating. Time magazine put together this this article about Toby Keith talking about writing that song. So I'm going to read you just a little bit of this. I found this interesting. Um, it says, while Keith signed his first record deal in 1993, he became better known outside the country music orbit after the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks when he released his hit song, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, in 2002. The rally around the flag anthem captured the rage that Americans were feeling after the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon with explicit lyrics, which you'll hear in just a second. Uh, Keith came up with the idea. This is the part that I found fascinating. He came up with the idea for the song the week after 9-11. He was organizing his fantasy football team, and he started scribbling the lyrics on the back of the sheet of paper, which I always love. I love to hear how creative people get creative. Often, like we did that story last week. Who was it? The lead singer of uh, uh, R.E.M. Stipe from R.E.M. when he wrote uh, what's, uh, what's the Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Yeah. He wrote because he was like having some writer's block in Seattle where they were trying to record that song. They had all the music, but they had no lyrics. And so he just goes on this walk around Seattle and the lyrics just come to him. And here Toby Keith is just trying to live his life in the wake of 9-11. And he ends up writing the lyrics to this song on the back of the sheet of paper. And according to this 2004 profile of Toby Keith, uh, he said that the song just tumbled out of him in a 20-minute writing binge. This was a massive song. Huge success. He said, I wrote it so that I had something to play for our fighting men and women. In a trial run at the U.S. Naval Academy, it brought the house down. He said, but once people said uh, that I should release it, I knew that there was going to be trouble. I'm comfortable being extreme, but saying, boot in your ASS, which is one of the lyrics of the song, is so extreme. Of course, if you say foot in your butt, you're not so, you're, uh, you got no song. So, and then in 2003, during the 60 Minutes interview, uh, Toby Keith said that he hoped to perform the song for troops deployed abroad in the Middle East. So he played it for Pentagon officials. And once he played it for these Pentagon officials, the Marine Corps commandant urged him to release the song globally. Not just, not just on USO tours, but he said, you should release this for all of America to hear, not just on these tours. He releases the song. It does very well. And uh, that's kind of how the entire rest of the country gets to know him. The song was really controversial. And a lot of folks didn't like it. In fact, it caused a lot of it caused a lot of problems with him in country music. There was some certain country artists who didn't like that he put the song out, who said who thought it was glorifying war. But uh, the song, to me, still captures a time in this country, and it so specifically reminds me of like the early two thousands, like right after nine eleven. I get goosebumps when I listen to this song, and I don't know how you're, what you're feeling on it is, but it just it just brings me back like music does. So here's a little bit of that song, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, just remembering Toby Keith today. Oh, justice will be served and the battle will rage. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to the show. All right, this is interesting. There's a university in Oregon 
I didn't, I have never heard of this university, but I'm sure it's got a lot of students, I think. Western Oregon University. Matt, have you heard of this school? Yeah, I think I'm familiar with it. I mean, it sounds like a school, right? It's like, yeah. we're not going to be able to tell whether or not we've heard of it. Uh, it's an Oregon University, Western Oregon U- University. They have just issued a, a news release uh, recently saying that the school has decided, because students are having a tough time in their classes, that the school has decided that they're going to be replacing their D's and F's with a NC for no credit. And what this does is it allows students, essentially they're getting rid of, they're getting rid of D's and F's. And what this will do is, what the school hopes this will do, is that it will allow students to, <laughs> I guess, not do well in these classes, but it doesn't negatively affect your GPA. And so here's the press release they said. They said students who do not earn a passing grade in their course will be required, 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 sorry if my bumbling to repeat the course and demonstrate proficiency. Uh, they said the difference is that the grade of NC will not negatively impact student GPAs. The press release noted, they said, our goal is to ensure that students who have met the core competencies and learning objectives graduate and provide every student an opportunity to be successful, successful at Western Oregon University. Um, people are though, people are though are upset by this. They're saying this is a GPA, uh, scam. And they're, this is called grade inflation. So if the college itself is awarding too many D's and F's and these students who are getting all these D's and F's in these classes, there's some master list somewhere that says what all these different students are getting. And then all of those are being added up somewhere. And they're finding out that a lot of folks are failing these classes. So if the school gets rid of the D's and F's, then that just kind of goes away. And then everybody on paper actually looks like they're doing pretty decent because everybody's getting A's and B's and C's. So the, uh, what is this guy? He's the uh, vice president for academic affairs. He was asked about this because people are accusing the school of supporting great inflation. He shot down this. He says it's a, uh, this, uh, he says it's a mischaracterization. He says the GPA fixation we have as a country And the grading system that's been in place for over 200 years has been used to determine who belongs and who is capable. Although we know that similar to the SATs and ACT, many capable students have been prohibited from pursuing their post-secondary education due to these barriers. Uh, So he went on to say that while the schools need grades and a mechanism to evaluate competencies and learning outcomes, the goal of educators should be to evaluate students based on their strengths, thus allowing them to grow and succeed. Some of what he's saying, I think, makes sense, but I also understand that if they're taking away D's and F's, then isn't C just going to become what the D and the F were? And yeah, on the sliding scale, doesn't the the one on the bottom become the worst one? If yeah, like before, yeah. I would be upset if I was a student who was working my tail off, and maybe I'm not the best student in the world, but I'm getting C's, which is definitely not a D or an F, and all of a sudden, a C is now the worst grade that you can get. That's not cool, and it does feel like, well, if you, if if F is really the lowest, like if C is now turning into the F, why not just keep F? Why not just make F the lowest? Everybody understands that. Because it goes to 11. Matt, it's funny you mention that, because it did remind me of a clip from one of my favorite movies. If you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most 11, of and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. 
You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> what we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven. <laughs> These go to eleven. You know, it's funny because I uh, simultaneously I find this to be ridiculous, and I find this to be just this this dumbing down that we do in society now, where we lower standards for everyone. It's just like I don't know, maybe that's just a fact of life. I'm sure that if my parents were to look at my education, they would go, "Boy, your education sure is a lot easier than ours was in the 1960s," and it just goes all the way back. But still, I feel like they're dumbing things down, so I don't like it for that reason. I don't like it because someday my kids are going to come home and go, well, I only got an NC in the class, Dad. It's not like I failed. I'm going to know that they failed because I'm not a dummy. And when I was in college, I got Fs if I failed the class. And like any smart college— miles up the hill in the snow with no shoes, too. Yes, I did, Matt, as a matter of fact. And any smart college student who gets an F in his class knows you drop the class before the final grade comes out. That's what you do. You don't get a no credit. You drop the class. And I'm jealous because I wish they had this when I was in college. That would have been great. All right. We got a lot more coming up on the show. This is a fun show, you guys. You know what? It's fun. I'm just sitting here with like a nice cup of tea, just hanging out with you guys. I hope you guys are doing something fun too. Like if you're at home right now, just having a drink or a nice warm cup of something, just we got another great hour ahead of us. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be wonderful. All right. We're going to be right back here on Camera Nights.